Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. It's the verse we're gonna be looking at. It says very simply this. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Bless you. Let's bow our heads. Fathers, we come before you this morning. I pray that you would open up your word to all of our hearts. That you would help us most importantly to understand that you have a good way in which we are to be human beings and a good way in which we are to live. And there's a reason why these Ten Commandments are so vital and so important and so hard to avoid because they are clear, they are good, they are your word, which means that they lead us and they guide us and they direct us not just into good behavior, but they confront us with the truth and they help transform our hearts and they help transform our minds and conform us into the likeness of your son, Jesus, which is the ultimate goal of who we are as your people. Not so much to do the right thing, but to be the right people with hearts that bring glory and joy to you that reflect out into a world that is very confused. The picture of perfection as image bearers in you. Father, we lift up all of these people on the, our list today, from Nancy um, to Flossie and the family as they mourn once again. Yesterday, we laid Ken to rest. I pray that you continue to be with Rose in, in the midst of all of this and that entire family. For Brendan, once again, um, extended prayer. We ask, Lord, that you meet every need according to your glorious riches there for Kat and the entire family and the Vane family during this time as they just process that loss. Father, I pray that you bring comfort to everybody who needs that comfort. We give you thanks for baby Chase being home as well. We know, Lord, that your hand of providence and your goodness is upon everything that happens in the lives of these people and in our lives as well. So we ask, Lord, that you would move among them, that you would encourage us each week, each morning as we open up our Bibles before us and we lay people before your throne that we would come before you remembering these folks in their need. Father, I pray for Brady. I pray for Jonathan, my son, as he just continues to train as well and for Zach as he's waiting for orders and for Matt and for Nathan, all of these folks who are active duty. I pray that you would watch over them, that you would protect them, that you would encourage their spouses and their families, most especially those that are left behind. I thank you, Lord, that there are men and women who have stepped into that role, feeling called to do so. Um, that is a gift, and it is in large part why it is we have the freedom to gather in this space today, because we live in a place that allows us this, and I'm thankful for that. Pray for all of those who are in authority over us and who are leading us, Lord. Give them wisdom, give them insight, and give them the ability to do the right thing even when it's uncomfortable. I pray that you would encourage them and you would surround them with people that speak wisdom and not foolishness. Lord, and that you would give them insight instead of blindness. I pray your peace be upon your people and that we would be your people for your world, engaging in the right and good and biblical way. So as we enter into your word, Lord, uh, make your book come alive. Make this Bible come alive to us today. May we have it implanted in our heart. May it soften our hearts. May it transform our minds so that we don't just walk around doing the right thing, Lord, but that we would be your people for your world. 
And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So as I said, it's always a little bit difficult coming up with a Mother's Day and a Father's Day sermon. Um, you know, I, I don't exactly come from uh, Leave It to Beaverland. I think this is the third Mother's Day or Father's Day that I've had here at this church. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a house um, that was probably not what you would call a clear-cut, good mom and dad, and this is how things work. So I come from the other side of the tracks of how do we make this work? And how do we understand these things? So, you know, it's not that it is difficult to take a look at a day like this, but in understanding that as we look around this room, every single person in every single seat here comes from a different perspective, come from a different angle, you come from a different understanding. And if we can get a hold of that and understand that and then rest in that, that God has uniquely made you, you, and then the next person next to you is uniquely made as they are, we can then move forward in a healthy way when it comes to taking a look at how we honor moms and dads. Because the truth be told, every single person in here has a story to tell. If we were to take five minutes out of our day and a good cup of coffee, we would realize that every one of us has a story, a journey to take and a path to get there. We aren't here by accident. That poem and that artwork that I talk to you about on a regular basis, that you are in God's image. And that life that you compose along that path is made up of moments along the way. Different encounters. God moments that he has uniquely ordained for you, each and every one of you, making you uniquely different, which is what I have titled the message today, simply uniquely different. I think it's fitting for us to understand that we are not all the same. And learning to walk in those moments and those special times that you have encountered in your life and seeing God's hand of providence on your life is a gift in and of itself when you understand that God moves even in some of the bad stuff that you deal with. Every day we make choices. We get up out of bed and we make choices. Every day we live a particular way. Every single day we think particular things and we build a life in and along that journey. And life being a journey as a culmination as much of anything else of all of these moments strung together over a life well lived, creating that poem and that piece of artwork that Paul says that you are in Ephesians 2 and verse 10. You're not here by accident. And as I said, I'm not a real big fan of these types of days. I have to confess it makes one of the, these messages, Father's Day, Mother's Day, and all of that stuff are a couple of the most difficult ones that I write because do you park what you're doing? Do you try to make it fit? How do you do things when I want very desperately for us to just understand what the scriptures tell us and how it is we're to live? And so it was helpful again for my wife to, to speak to me this week. Because it's not that it's bad to celebrate a mom or a dad. It's not bad to celebrate a birthday or anniversary. In fact, I think that it's the most important thing that we ought to do. I'm not a fan because inadvertently what we have done is that it creates a mindset that for 364 days in a given year, we can be driven to make attempts to do good and attempts to be good to those whom we love when it fits and when it's convenient for us. But for that one day, we seem to wake up and feel like it's mandatory that we get mum flowers and we burn the toast and we make runny eggs and all of that stuff in order to bless her. And also, if I'm honest, it leaves me in a position that I've always felt comfortable, uncomfortable in, that I've wrestled with for years. Because knowing that at some level, someone is not only going to feel left out, but they will actually be left out because they're not a mom. And so that makes someone feel as though they're relegated to some sort of second-class position, you see. 
particularly those singles, both men and women, some who are actually called by God to be single, by choice, by calling, whatever it is, but simply sometimes they haven't found their mate yet and we don't know what their story is and we don't know what kind of pain that might be there under the surface. So days like this become uncomfortable. And that in and of itself makes for a Mother's Day as uncomfortable and sad for a good many because perhaps you've lost your mom. As I wrestled this week, as I told you, my tug was towards just tradition and try and find that motherly passage to try and stand something up and sit something down. And I just couldn't get a clear path to do that, which means the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to go down that road. I know that enough to know that. It's always something for us to learn as we try to identify moms we try to identify how we can bless them. And those who aren't moms, I don't want you to just sit here and kind of listen and hope that you can glean something from this message. Because what that then says is that you aren't quite as complete as you ought to be, so do the best you can to endure until you are. And I don't want that. You are exactly where God wants you to be at this moment in time. Not moving forward or backwards, just know that you are where God wants you to be at this moment in time and you allow him to work with you in that moment. Because it's not a cold or a blanket statement when we just celebrate mothers and tell everybody else to just sit and endure. We don't mean to do that, you see. But it feels that way when it is matters of the heart. Being a mom is a special calling and a special gift. And when I take a look at those things and I wrestle through those things and I find that, you know, people think that people can just endure. Just do what you're supposed to do and it'll be okay for Mother's Day. All that stuff. My grandson Cooper says this. He says stuff like that is just nonsense. Let's be tender towards people in our lives. Let's be very tender towards people in our lives. And I could say much more on that and I'll ramble because I get off of my message and then this is why a manuscript preach will be here until Jesus comes back wondering exactly what it was I was supposed to say and never said it. So back to where we are. I want you to understand a few things as we move forward. That it is good enough to say that being uniquely different, all of you ladies in here and you men as well, but you ladies especially today we are focusing on, to be uniquely different speaks to the creator God and his ability to write his poem for you upon the heart of your life and upon the things in which you do. To make beautiful artwork out of your life no matter where you are, no matter what you think, no matter how you feel. To make beautiful artwork out of your life. To create within you that which he has established long, long before time began. You see, in America, we are unique. We decided some time ago that at some point it would be good to single out two days in which we would celebrate moms and we would celebrate dads and we would isolate those days doing something that God said ought to be done every single day of our life that's what his word tells us every single day of our life now I understand the principle and I think it's a very good thing so don't get me wrong I understand the principle but I don't understand and I don't agree with the application because again it forces us into thinking a certain way and I've observed for better or for worse that it does afford the opportunity for many to simply ignore a daily healthy biblical mandate and growth peace in exchange for one day of celebration so I can feel good that I've done right by mom. Finding that many women feel little love and respect outside of that one day that we claim to be theirs makes it very difficult. 
And these aren't judgments upon anyone. These are just facts of nature. We are human beings, and this is how we gravitate and we operate if we aren't wary of ourselves. That in turn causes relationships in the home between a husband and a wife and between a mom and your kids and between dad and the kids to be absolutely out of whack and left unattended inadvertently throughout the year as we attempt to make up in two days what we ought to be working on every single day in our homes. You see, Mother's Day is a day that we celebrate mamas. But we have to be aware that this is not a day everyone can or does celebrate. We have to be aware of that because some are struggling just simply in the burdens of every single day. Some have lost the child. Unbeknownst to us, we don't know that that has happened because it's too intimate of a thought to share with anybody. And some have lost their mothers, even just recently. And it's just too raw and too painful at this moment in time to celebrate a Mother's Day but to be courteous and careful as we move forward. Some are waiting and empty, struggling with the why they're not a mom yet feeling perhaps even a little bit left out. And while some in the mix of this entire group are called the singleness, feeling as though because they're not a mother and a wife that somehow they're not complete because there's not a day in which to celebrate them. I understand these things. Every situation, every person is unique. God, the creator of the universe, if you take two seconds in your evening to look out at the night sky is not a cookie cutter creator. Each and every one of you are uniquely different. Now, while each one of you today may not be a mom, for the most part, you have a mom. While some are still with you and some are gone and some may not have ever even learned who their mom was. All of these are different situations. So the phrase which always comes to my mind is the phrase that I used last year, the broken beautiful of life. The broken beautiful of life. Why? Well, God created this world and all in it beautifully and beautiful you see that's the thing his story as we're learning shows that he talks about how the most beautiful thing he created was saved for last his image bears you me male and female he created us in his image and the world does everything it can to devalue an image bearer when god wants to value every single human being wherever you are and whatever you are dealing with. You see, we're confronted with the brokenness of the world that wants to create its own story, be its own author and its own designer. Now that leads to moms and dads constantly feeling inadequate in their tasks that they've been charged with as parents in this world because everybody is pulled in 50,000 different directions. And then as a pastor, one is left feeling as though anything said on a day like today perhaps leaves someone out or condemned for feeling as though they aren't all they could be. Well, here's the deal. None of us is all we could be at this moment in time. Not one of us here in this building today is all we could be at this moment in time. So if we get that, a good many other things in our life begins to fall into place when we realize that we aren't all we could be. If we were all we could be, Jesus wouldn't have done all he did to make us what we were always called to be. You see. Conviction is oftentimes mistaken for condemnation. And I understand why we need to really understand this. Conviction is oftentimes mistaken for condemnation. In dealing with our shortcomings in the light of the Holy Spirit, conforming us is conviction and handled right turns into growth. We sometimes handle that wrongly though when we try to grow in him and figure out who we are 
handled wrongly, condemnation moves in and brokenness then reigns and that's what the enemy wants. He wants people to remain in brokenness. He wants moms and, and wives and daughters and women and men to just remain in that brokenness. See, God doesn't intend that nor does he want that for any one of you here today. You see, because God from the outset desires happy and healthy families. There is no accident than what is under attack on this world and specifically in this country, because this is where I live and what I pay attention to, that the family itself is what is being attacked. You break the family up, you redefine what that looks like, and you have no map for which direction to go, no value that people will have so while slightly out of order as we are journeying through the Ten Commandments, I, I jumped. We discovered today that our very first command of God, which deals with the community aspect of loving one another. We'll get back to the whole Sabbath thing here starting next week. But this was the place where I was driven to go. The very first command that we are given in that reality of love others falls to the family unit. Exodus 20.12 says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. And I said this a few weeks back, that the most important community that God defines for us as human beings is the home and the family. He gives us the first four commandments on how it is we commune with him. And the first commandment he gives with us for community is how it is the family unit supposed to work. Love your mom, love your dad, that it may go long in the land the Lord the God is, your God has given you. And the Shema, as you recall, I want to look at this again, brings that to the front. You see, because when Moses writes God's commands and we see again communion and then the beginnings of community. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. The love God portion of this we looked at. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That's to love God. Okay? And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to who? Your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. That's the love people part. The first and most important aspect of loving people that God gives us within the Ten Commandments and within the Shema in Deuteronomy, the second talking about the law is the family unit. He defines there as needing to be taught and healthy is our home. It's the primary responsibility of moms and dads to disciple and raise their children in the ways of God. That's what the scriptures tell us. And it's a wonderful and necessary thing that as you look around this room, every one of us are gathered here today, this Sunday as a community of believers. That too is also a command of God. And I'm thankful for the teachers and the nursery workers who are out back, who many of you don't ever see because they stand along the back wall and then they take your kids and they work with your kids out back. They get about 35 or 40 minutes a day to instill biblical principles into the children that God has entrusted us with. But then there's 168, 167 more hours of the week in which the command of the scriptures tells us the prime responsibility of teaching comes through mom and dad to the children. The church, this is why it's so important to have good kids church and have teachers back there. The church supplements and reinforces that which mom and dad teach at home. That's what we're supposed to do. Good moms and dads diligently teach and grow their children. One of the first and best ways to show this is to be the best spouse and helpmate to the person that God has given you.
Do you want your kids to know what it looks like to have a good and healthy marriage? You are the first example of what that looks like to your kids. How that works itself out. Now, in relation to that, we are all products of our environment, are we not? I said two words this morning that revealed that I come from Massachusetts that told my wife I need to stop talking to those people who come from down there because it just fell out without even thinking. And all of a sudden, I was a Southie again. But that's for another time. I learned a great deal from observing my parents growing up. Not much of it helpful, but I learned a lot nonetheless. There was not much of it that was helpful. Now Solomon tells us in Proverbs 22 and verse 6, he says, train a child up in the way that he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Now this gets a hearty amen from those moms and dads whose children are walking in the way. It brings pain to many moms and dads whose children are living on a very long leash away from the commands of God. Very unsettled hearts. And that honestly is the biggest fear of every single parent. If you are honest with yourself, and I am honest with myself, the biggest fear we have is losing our kids to the bizarre way in which this world does life. So I find it again interesting that the first community command of God comes with a promise. God just doesn't say, Moses, go tell them, obey mom and dad. It comes with a promise, a promise of long life. Understanding the angst and the pain that I caused my mother growing up, I can fully understand why the promise of obeying and honoring your mother and father comes with that promise of a long life. Because there were many days where pushing mom far enough really called into question whether or not I'd have a long life. Duct tape in a closet, perhaps. Um, or, you know, it just you can relate. Many of you, I hope. Some of you can't. But... You see, Paul, after his reminder to husbands and wives in Ephesians to remember that they are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, there's an order. There's an activity there. Have responsibility towards each other within that context of new creation life, which is Act 5. He draws back on creation story all the way back in Genesis 1 and 2 when he defines those roles as being complementary and quite attainable if mom and dad are submitting to Jesus first, then one to another, And then Paul turns in Ephesians chapter 6 and their roles in the family as children. When he says this, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So he's told mom and dad what they're supposed to do. He then looks at the children and says, listen, you need to do what your parents tell you to do because this is the right thing. Honor your father and your mother. And then we see in the brackets, in the parentheses, Paul's commentary on this text. These short words. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Paul's letting them know, listen, if you do what you're supposed to do as a kid, honor your mom, honor your dad, you'll live a long life. Now what that long life looks like, you know, is, is a different story. But primary for mom and dad is to disciple and to raise your children right. The first and most critical way to do that is to make the most of your marriage before your children. Make the most of your marriage before your children. The healthiest parents are those who are the healthiest spouses. Our children do not come first. Let that sink in for a minute. Our children do not come first. Our spouses come first. That's not me saying that. That's God who says that. Paul didn't start with the kids He didn't. He started with a healthy marriage. 
and then said, kids, this is how you operate in that healthy marriage. We set the example. If we are putting our kids first on a regular basis, all the time, all the time, all the time, at the sacrifice of the relationship we have with our spouse, we are out of whack biblically. And we are saying to our kids that my marriage to my wife, Lisa, matters less than what my child wants. That doesn't mean put my child second, third, fourth, or fifth as if it's not a big deal. And boy, it gets quiet when you talk about this. See why it's fun putting these messages together? But the reality is, is that for a healthy marriage, for our children to have good moms and good dads, my wife needs to be the most important. The Lord, my wife, my children. Anything out of order there becomes almost idolatrous, if not completely idolatrous. Honor your mother and your father. Honor your mother and your father. See, coming from the background I did, I didn't bring a lot of tools into my marriage, and it wasn't always easy or clear-cut just how this particular command was to work, not only within my marriage, but how it is I'm supposed to honor my parents. It became even more evident this week. But we need to remember that life is a journey, and we are being grown every single day into his likeness. You aren't what you will be tomorrow, but you are something different than you were yesterday. Life is a journey. Life is a journey. Honor your mother and your father. Why? Because it's the command of God and to do so every single day of your life. Sometimes even when it's very difficult. Most people will look at me and tell me, Pastor, you know my situation. You don't understand what I'm going through. It's very hard for me to honor my mom. It's very hard for me to honor my dad. Well, I may not know your situation, but I know mine. And it is entirely possible to honor parents who are not the best parents in the world for two reasons. One, because God commands it, and two, because he gives the ability to do it. I don't honor my parents on my own. Goodness knows that, you know, for those early years of my life, there was not a whole lot there which to honor. But that's not my call, you see. It's not my call. I know my situation. I don't know yours. What I do know pastorally is that every single day that we wake up, every single moment, we are looking at a world where mothers and fathers are at best marginalized and at worst they have become second and non-existent entities and primary roles within our culture. You show me a TV show today that reinforces a healthy father in a home and I'll show you a show that either isn't on TV or won't be for long. You show me a show that shows a very healthy mother in a home, and I promise you it either is not on TV or it won't be for very long. See, families struggle every day, and marriages struggle every day. And moms feel for their kids, and dads feel for their kids. And marriages struggle and often fail because we set aside a simple day but spend the rest of our days, 364 other days in the year, trying to do everything else that we deem is important to us, neglecting moms and dads every day. Now, I know that that's a hard word, but I'm here to tell you that that is what we do, and therefore it needs to be addressed because the Bible tells us that's not how we are to do things. We are to honor our parents every single day. Every day. 
And there's sometimes I've run into some people who are young who said they're never gonna marry simply because of the experience that they've had at home. And they can't even figure out what it looks like to be a, a, a spouse or a parent. Now, I didn't come to Vermont 30 years ago looking for a spouse. I was just looking for a school that would allow me to finish. And I can tell you that the last 30 years has not been the easiest road for either Lisa or I. But when we said I do 30 years ago, I don't wasn't on the table anymore. Because that's what this says, you see. And then we plowed through raising four kids and... There were days that I'm certain that honoring either one of us was the farthest thing from our children's minds. I can assure you that that was probably the case. But anyway, that's for another time. It is clear that God is faithful even when we are not. He is faithful to his word when he says this, the steps of a man are established by the Lord. The steps of a human, a person are established by the Lord. You see, he ordered our steps And he directed our path, both Lisa and I. And even before I knew him, he was directing and ordering my life. Even in the broken, beautiful of my family, where my mother wasn't all she could be and my dad wasn't all he could be, the Lord was directing my steps. The Lord was directing my steps. And I find comfort in that because there was and there is a lot of brokenness along that path. But he ordered my steps. Good, bad, and indifferent. That means my parents were chosen. Let that settle in. Wherever that situation finds you, your parents were chosen. You were given to them as a gift of God. Irrespective of whether they were phenomenal or phenomenally horrible. God has ordered our steps, you see. And he ordered the steps of my step-parents, those people who stepped in and they didn't need to, but they became whom God ordained them to be for me. See, God has his hand upon every mama's life and upon every dad's life and upon every child's life. And I find great comfort in knowing that your story is ordered of God. Because your steps are ordained by him. And within that story, you also make up the choices every single day to be all that he wants you to be. And he wants to make you or not. He wants what is absolutely best for you. So we have our moms and we have our dads. And moms today are who we are honoring making them breakfast, taking them out for lunch, cleaning your room and doing all of that. And we do so so that it would go well with us. We do so so that it would go well with us. Not one of us is here in the same situation, nor we were raised exactly the same way. We are, as I have titled the message, uniquely different. Stop trying to be somebody else. We already have that person. Be the best mom you can be for your kids because God has ordained your steps. He has given you your children. He has given you your spouse. Don't try to be sister so-and-so down the street. We don't need another one. We need you to be the best you can be because God has ordained you and ordered your steps. And that is a beautiful, beautiful word. Regardless of your age, you're a mama's kid. 
honor that person. Honor her. Do so in a way that brings glory to God for the gift that she is to you. Sometimes honoring our moms is simply showing up with a hug. Mom might have had a really bad day. She might have had a horrible day. You show up in the house and everything went pear-shaped for you at school. Little Johnny picked his nose and wiped his little boogers on your pants and now you're all upset. Or little Sally in front of you turned around and threw her celery at you because you got two pieces instead of three. And you go home and you want to tell mom all about it and mom's had a rough day too. Sometimes what mom needs is just a hug. That's it. No words. Do you know how much honor that brings your mother? Sometimes it's remembering that she too is struggling with her shortcomings and her perceived inadequacies as a mom. Not every mom thinks she's mom of the year. In fact, most of the moms I encounter think that they fail every single day. That they miss the mark somehow. They're deathly afraid that someone's going to find out, you know, that their kids do things that they'd be horrified to see them do in public. And anybody that has any kids, you might as well just give up the ghost. They're going to do it. Let it, let it happen and pretend you don't own them. You'll get, everyone will get over it. Her perceived inadequacies as a mom doesn't change the command of God for us to love her. In fact, there's a reason why we do that every day. Because I can tell you right now, a mom feels wonderful when her little one comes home, whether they're 10 or 30, and gives a hug and says, it's good to see you, mom. That changes a day. Because their child has just said, mom, I value you so much that I want to give you a hug. Now what's for dinner? <laughs> see, so I want you to honor her because this is the good way. That's what the Bible tells us, is a good way. In a world that takes the path of self and defines how it's going to do what it wants, the way it wants, we are guilty as well, occasionally here in the church, of doing the exact same thing. The burden is great for a mom, most especially in this day and age. It's a burden for a dad as well, but I'll tell you, moms are increasingly challenged with the notion of, do I work? Do I stay home? Do I have to do both? And if your spouse is not helpful, you still carry those burdens that a mom has always carried, and you've added a job as well. It's increasingly difficult for moms. Moms worry. And yeah, 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 I know we're not supposed to worry, but you know, judge me and send me emails if you want, but the reality is, is we worry. We do a lot of things we're not supposed to do. Moms worry. Moms worry a great deal. And that's why we struggle. So we need to just understand that that happens. Am I good enough? I want you to think on this for a minute, Mom. Am I good enough? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Did I do all that I could? Yes, you did. Absolutely, you did. Little Johnny was running a fever so bad yesterday he wouldn't even settle himself on the couch Should I have brought him to the doctors. Is he going to make it through the night? Should I do this? Should I do that? The tender heart of a mom who cares for her kids while dad sits on the couch going, they'll be fine. <laughs> All is well. 
right? We all chuckle because we all understand that. Moms worry. You know, what will so-and-so think at the school when my kid shows up, you know, wearing plaid pants and a checkered shirt and his Ninja Turtle galoshes? New trend. Dads don't think about that because dads are walking out of the house dressed the same way. And moms are freaked out. I really don't think those socks go with that and all those shoes are the wrong color. Even my son at his wedding looked at my shoes and went, black pants, red shoes, dad, not going to happen. We all understand. And you moms sitting here and listening to this today, you could add many, many, many more things to that list of what causes you concern. But you need to understand that God has ordained your steps. He has ordered your steps. He has given you these children. And your duty is to let them fly when the time comes. I'm going to end there because we'll revisit what this looks like later as we get on into more of what it looks like to love one another. But what I want to do is I want to close with some of these words. I'll do the best that I can to get through them um, because these ones are not my own. Uh, As I said, you know, my wife had her hand in her heart on this as well this week. And while she thinks she didn't send me much, it was a, a great deal because it was able to knit things together and how it looked. And it says this, thus says the Lord, the prophet Jeremiah says, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Jesus in Matthew 11 when he said, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden. That's the text he had in mind. We don't want to elevate one path over another because all of you moms are different. Some of you stay at home. Some of you work. Some of you do both. We don't want to elevate one path over another as it is God who has ordered your steps. Find comfort in that. It is God who has ordered your steps, appointing good works for each and every one of you to do as a mom. No matter what path you are called to, you are uniquely different than the mom next to you. And remember, again, you may not all be mamas, but that doesn't mean that you are missing out on something. That doesn't mean you're missing out on something. Regardless of the path, each and every one of you has a story to tell. Each and every one of you has a story to tell. And each one of you is uniquely different as each of you are different. It's important to know that. One that journeys through sacrifice and prosperity you're going to have hard times and you're going to have easy times. There's going to be times when you're going to have to put yourself last in line and then there's going to be times when you won't have to think so much about that. Sacrifice and prosperity. Blessings and disappointments. There's going to be times when things are going to be absolutely wonderful and your kids are doing everything they're supposed to and everything's clicking and they think you're the greatest thing in the world and before you know it, everything goes pear-shaped. And your child is on a very long leash with the Lord, doing things that perhaps they ought not to do, and you have disappointments. You are still there, Mama. 
and they will always find their way home. They will always find their way home. You'll have sleepless nights. You'll have tears of joy when you see them walk down an aisle, whether it be to graduate or to marry, a life well lived, a job well done. You will have tears of sadness mixed with those tears of joy. And you will have those tears of sadness as you watch your children grow and begin their own journey in life. I didn't think that that was true until I dropped my oldest daughter off at college. <laughs> and I cried for 10 miles leaving Castleton. Of course, I tried to find something to do for two hours in the dorm room so I didn't have to leave until she finally told me it was good to leave. She was handling it better than we were. But anyway... You see, the reality is, moms, as your children grow and begin their journey in life, a job well done means you release. And it means that your kids will make their own choices. And it will mean that you will continue to pray for them and they will always honor you. They may not always make the choices that make you happy. But you raise them right. You trust in the providence and the goodness of God. And he will watch over your kids. And kids, I'm telling you right now, honor your mom. Honor your mom. You see, because in the beauty and the brokenness of it all, we are merely human beings working out our salvation with fear and trembling. So kids, I'm going to promise you now, and we're all kids here. Some of you are a little bit younger. Hear me. Your mom and your dad are not perfect. Sometimes we're just downright stupid. But we try. We try. We try. And we try to honor the Lord in everything that we do. Your duty, my duty, is to honor. And then if we know that something's not quite right, we pray. Help mom, help dad, do these things. Fulfillment and completeness does not come from your children, mom. I want to leave you moms with this. It doesn't come from your children any more than it comes from your husband. Hear that. Your completeness and your fulfillment does not come from your spouse, nor does it come from your children. It comes from who God defines you to be. Who you are in Christ is what matters first and foremost. I want you to know this, that in Christ you are complete. If I could have the worship team come up. In Christ, you are complete. In Christ, you are unique. In Christ, mom, you are his poem and you are his artwork. As a mom and as a daughter of the king first, then as a wife and then as a mom. We get that order right and you got yourself a recipe for success no matter what happens. Hey, baby girl, how you doing? Hey, how are you? She starts screaming, she's yours. <laughs> I'm a grandpa, I can do that. <laughs> I want to leave you, as I said, now the second time, I feel like a good Presbyterian, 26thly. Um, <laughs> that was a joke, it's okay. <laughs> I want to leave you simply with this, as the little kids have a gift for you. All the young ones are coming in. I want to remind you moms, okay? 
And I want to remind you kids now that you're here. Moms, who you are in Christ defines who you are. Who my wife is in Jesus defines who she is, not my pear-shaped stupidity. Remember that who Jesus has created you to be and how he's ordained your steps, mom, is what defines you. Living as that wife and that mom and that relationship will make you everything God has called you to be. And you young people, as you hand these flowers out, you give your mom a hug, you give your mom a kiss, and you honor your mom, and you remember that no matter what happens, she's always your mom, okay? And you're to love her. Even sometimes when things get weird and she doesn't let you steal cookies, okay? Or have the fifth piece of toast that you want to have, all right? Cooper, love you, buddy. Let's quickly pray as these kids run all these around. Father, I'm thankful for this day. I'm thankful for every mom. I'm thankful for mine. I'm thankful for my wife, my girls, every mom in this place, every daughter in this place, every child in this place. I pray that in each and everything that we do today, that we would find a way to go beyond just today, to honor our moms, to honor our parents, to create healthy homes, to create healthy families, to honor Jesus in a way that lifts moms and dads up every single day, that most importantly shows the world that you have a better way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Kids, go right ahead.